This is section 91 of Mark Twain's Speaking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Dinner Speech Lotus Club Dinner for Governor Benjamin B. Odell, Jr., New York, March 23, 1901. Read by John Greenman. I lately had the pleasure and the honor of visiting Governor Odell on matters of public business in his political home in the State House, in the bosom of his political family, the legislature, a family made up in the proportion of three Republicans for business to one Democrat for ornament and social elevation. I went up there without salary to plead against the reduction, the proposed reduction, of the citizens' liberties, and to vote against the Ramapo bill in the Senate, if I could get a chance to enter upon the floor of the House, and to introduce a police bill, not because they were running short of police bills, and if the governor would promise to sign it, my bill would pass. I am privileged on the floor of the House anywhere in all the legislative bodies in the world, a thing that happened by accident rather than merit. I wanted to introduce that police bill. It seemed to me that it was a very good idea. Now, it was not like any other police bill that has ever been introduced anywhere. There was a little self-interest in it, here and there, and my scheme was to have none but authors on the police. Uh, let us abolish policemen who carry clubs and revolvers, and put in a squad of poets, armed to the teeth, with poems on spring and love. Well, for myself, I wanted to be the chief of police, not because I thought I was really qualified for the place, but because I was tired and wanted a rest. I wanted Mr. Howells for first deputy, not because Mr. Howells knows anything about those things, but because he was tired, too. A lot of us authors are tired. And now that Mr. Depew has published speeches and other books and has become an author, I wanted him for second deputy. Not because he is tired, uh, because he isn't, but because he is one of those men who do all things well, and he could run the police business, and I could take the salary. And besides, more than that, he and I have a tie. Indeed, we are members of the celebrated class of 53 of Yale, only he was there before I was. And another thing, he is a Missourian, like me. And in the Missourians there is no guile. And there is a nearer tie still. When I was born, I was a member of a firm of twins, and one of them disappeared, and it has been borne in upon me of late 
that the personal resemblance between depew and me and the general handsome style and grace of form and figure and things of that sort and activity of speech and uh, well it proves to me that that long-lost twin is here well i wanted i wanted stedman and aldrich and brander matthews and crawford and cable for the broadway squad and others for the red-light district and others still to take care of the pretty manicurists and to modify the activities of the cadets now depew could do that if my bill passed i'd just fill up the red-light district with poets the best people we've got armed not with barbaric clubs but with their own poems and i would make them corral those poor unkempt people of that locality and i would have my poetic policemen read their poems to them until that region was so elevated and uplifted and reformed that the inhabitants over there themselves wouldn't know it i would assign the most soulful poets to that district all heavily armed with their poems i would station them on the corners after they had rounded up all the depraved people of the district so they could not escape and then have them read from their poems to the poor unfortunates the plan would be very effective in causing an emigration of the depraved elements now that bill i drew myself that was my dream it was my hope my ambition but it failed like so many bright dreams in this disappointing world governor odell wouldn't favor it he said that authors were well enough in their place but he said it wouldn't do for me to leave the city unprotected now that remark was irrelevant it wasn't discreet the very thing i was trying to do was to protect the city he said the authors as police that it would be worse than ramapo but i can't agree with him ramapo is authorized to bring on a water famine authors never do that well i shall never forget to be grateful to the legislature up there for the hospitalities extended to me and for the chance that i had to hear a reverend gentleman speak from his impromptu speech which he read from typewritten manuscript and in which he did for me again what has been done so often before blasted my character what was left of it he said that if i had my just deserts i would not be a guest there i should be a guest somewhere else maybe or be dangling from a lamp post somewhere he was telling about the last time that i broke jail 
and said that I carried off several pairs of boots belonging to other folks. This statement was a lie, only that, and he knew that perfectly well. He was there a guest in that place, and so was I, and he was so interested in drawing my character in the past, although he came there to absolutely obliterate me before the people. He hadn't anything personal against me, except that I was opposed to the political war, and he said I was a traitor and didn't go to fight in the Philippines. But that doesn't prove anything. That doesn't prove a man is a traitor. Where's the evidence? There are seventy-five millions of us working our patriotism. He did the same thing himself. It would be an entirely different question if the country's life was in danger, its existence at stake. Then, that is one kind of patriotism, we would all come forward and stand by the flag and stop thinking about whether the nation was right or wrong. But when there is no question that the nation is in any way in danger, but only some little war away off, then it may be that on the question of politics the nation is divided, half patriots and half traitors, and no man can tell which from which. End of dinner speech read by John Greenman.